Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and today I'm joined by my good friend slash my co-host, Devin, as always. And alongside us today, we have Mike Thomas from the Chatter After slash Collider slash the Amateur Otaku Podcast. This man is everywhere on the internet, y'all. And today we're here to give our views and insights on the first episode of HBO's original series, The Last of Us, which is based on a video game of the same name. And episode one of the series is titled When You're Lost in the Darkness. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the Internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Gentlemen, how's everyone's three-day weekend? Happy MLK Day, by the way. Mike, glad to have you back. How you been, buddy? Thanks so much, guys, for having me back. You know, it's it's a great holiday weekend. Uh, it's a lot of pain, though, uh, with, with The Last of Us. This episode hits pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is. I think it was so smart on their end. Like, hey, let's drop like this amazing show on a three-day weekend so people have an extra day to watch it if they can't watch it on Sunday nights, which I think is awesome. Devin, what's going on, man? How's your three-day weekend been? It was uneventful. I had a bit of a cold, but I'm getting over it now. Um, actually, just wrapped up this this first episode about an hour ago, so it's very fresh. And then I saw that Polaroid, and I sent it to you, and the tears wanted to start flowing again. Uh, I, I've gone through that scene a few times because I watched heavy spoilers video after because I, I too watched the first episode this morning. I had some football wild card weekend stuff going on yesterday. So, I mean, of course the Bengals getting in the way of the last of us on, on a Sunday night, you know, we got to see how that turns out. So thank you, Cincinnati. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> that hail Mary, man, almost made it. I'm just saying so close. <laughs> it was very close. I was at um, a bar with a few of my friends, all of them are Bengals fans, and it just, it was crazy. Like, I just didn't understand how, like, they were, like, holding hands, just, like, you know, manifesting that I can pull out this one. And I saw that Hail Mary. I'm like, he almost caught that. <laughs> I hope you guys know. <laughs> it's It was hilarious. But, yeah, it's it's been a pretty good weekend outside of Wild Card Weekend for me. Um, started playing uh, Final or oh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. So the remake, the remakester, I guess. I, I, we got another remakester on our hands here, Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's actually, you know, it plays, you know, just like the PSP game. It's been a while since I had played it, but I started playing it a few days ago. And I was like, man, I forgot how like good this game actually was. So, um, with all that out of the way, um, ladies and gentlemen out there, we're going to be getting into our episode one review of The Last of Us series. Again, we're going to get into our, our initial reactions first, which is our non-spoiler section. And then, once you hear this bad boy, that means we're going to get into our spoiler section. But we're not there just yet, but we want to give you guys a little bit of a heads up. After we get into our spoilers, we'll head into our final thoughts and our ratings, and then we'll kind of close on out. So actually, before we even start the review uh, part itself, I wanted to go through and ask everyone uh, their introduction to The Last of Us franchise, whether it is your first time watching it, which I know for both of you guys, it's not. But how are you introduced to The Last of Us um, franchise or the video game as a whole, um, as we all were, you know, we played the games first and now we're experiencing the same traumatic story unfold on screen as if we don't need enough pain in our life already. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll start with Mike and then we'll go to Devin and then I'll close out. So, Mike, what is your introduction to The Last of Us franchise? Yeah, The Last of Us, you know, is turning 10 years old this year so that was 
I was definitely a teenager when it came out, and I'm pretty sure this is my first like M-rated video game. So I got it on sale. It was either on sale or it was like through uh, PlayStation Plus on the PS4. I got the remaster, um, and it was a really difficult playthrough for me. I'm not a big horror guy. I'm not a big zombie guy. So I'm like, this is a critically acclaimed game. It's on here essentially for free or you know, I probably got on sale for like 20 bucks. I checked it out. And this episode, that opening sequence is so traumatic. And so I I had to struggle to get past this part of the game. And once I did, I was just hooked and invested. And for me, this is one of the greatest stories ever told in video games because it captures all that emotion from an HBO-like drama, right? Which is why this adaptation is so well done. It captures that emotion and that gravitas from a story like this, but it puts you in the heart of that story. You embody Joel as a character. And so for me, even if the gameplay, you know, by today's standards, isn't as great as it could be, especially compared to The Last of Us Part Two, it'll always hold a special place in my heart just because of that. All right, Mr. Devin, what was your introduction to the Last of Us franchise. My introduction is definitely the most recent. Um, I believe I first played it, it was either 2021 or 2022, early 2022. So it's definitely very recent for me because I never never had a PS4, so I never got the chance to dive in. But then uh, I bought Christian's old PS4 when he when he upgraded to a PS5 and was able to play Last of Us. And it's, it's everything everyone always makes it up to be. It's amazing. It's a great game. Um, I'm glad I got to play it in time before this show because it just adds that extra uh, weight to to everything you're watching and adds that dread, especially this first episode. Like having played the game, the things you know from the first episode and from the beginning of the game, it just makes everything feel so much heavier. And I'm I'm just glad I was able to to see that. It's like watching a car crash in slow motion. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, that is a perfect analogy, Mike, and I cannot agree more. For my introduction, it's, you know, I, I, I remember when the game came out in 2013, and it, that was during the time, I'm not sure if you guys remember this, Devin probably should, when, like, Walking Dead was out, we had Dead Island, all these zombie-esque games. Zombie fatigue were, was in full force. Yeah, it really, really was. But, you know, I, I came across The Last of Us because there was a time when me and Devin were younger when I had a PlayStation 3 before I, um, you know, found the light and moved over to the Xbox. Um, <laughs> hey, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> um, but, I mean, all of my friends were playing Call of Duty on Xbox. So I, I felt a little left out. And, you know, back then we didn't have the, you know, cross-play or cross-platform that yeah. uh, kids are very fortunate to have today. But during the time when I had my PlayStation 3, I came across The Last of Us. And I... I, I was so, I wasn't sure at first because I was like, you know, is this just going to be like another zombie game? But to me, at least, this isn't like a zombie story because obviously, you know, you are dealing with the infected. Technically, they're not zombies, but it is zombie-esque. And I just fell in love with these characters just all over when when it came to, especially Ellie. Um, she's probably my favorite video game character um, right next to like Jack and Dexter, of course, but that's also Naughty Dog. But yeah, I was like, oh, like, it's just going to be like Uncharted, but with zombies. And I was like, well, no, it was something very different. Um, you know, when I was younger, the gameplay, like Mike said, could definitely have been different. But I mean, in 2013, it's like, you know, you, you do what you can, especially on the PlayStation 3 with that cell architecture. But ever since then, I kind of just fell in love with it. And then the remaster came out for PlayStation 4, bought it and beat it, uh, beat it on there. Um, unfortunately, it was never able to like platinum the games for the original or the remaster because I think there was a lot of like multiplayer trophies of what you needed in order to yep. platinum the game. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> PlayStation trophies sucked in this era. You had to beat it on the highest difficulty. You had to play all the multiplayer stuff. It was stupid. 
It was very dumb. But yeah, that's just my little quick uh, web for the Last of Us franchise. It was just during the time when I had a PlayStation 3. Um, I think it's when the PlayStation 3 Slim came out is when I bought it. So I, I got it for a little bit cheaper than the original $60 it was um, out for. And yeah, it was it was just a great game. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And now it's coming to PC, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. What a time to be alive. But yeah, and of course the remake came out or quote unquote remake remix or however you want to put it. The remake of the last of us part one, which is titled came out later or on September of last year of 2022. So it's, you know, PlayStation has been, you know, moving some chess pieces around very interested to get into this. But today, of course, we're going to be talking about the, series episode one so again we're going to get into our initial reactions first and then our spoilers so gentlemen are you ready to get into this review oh yeah i'm as ready as i can be because again pain <laughs> are you ready to find out if you have any idea of what loss is <laughs> that's oh, the question <laughs> yeah you know this is again like like we said earlier, watching a car crash in slow motion, because like Devin said, since we know what the major beats are, it really made the this episode in particular very stressful. And I yes. appreciate that. It's a great episode, whether you've played it or not, but that just adds another layer of dread and intensity as, as it goes along. <laughs> hey, we, we just we like pain. <laughs> That's all we can say. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely agree. So Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to The Last of Us, Episode 1. If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? Dad? Said everything. I get in trouble in there. You make every shot count. We have a job to do. And we are back. You just heard a little snippet from The Last of Us trailer. And the creators of this series include Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann, who was the original director on The Last of Us games, part one and part two. And the stars of this phenomenal cast include Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, and Gabriel Luna, just to name a few. We also have Nick Offerman joining the cast as well. But yeah, this, this is another stacked cast. And we have Pedro Pascal coming back. We have Bella Ramsey coming back. And the synopsis is as follows. Joel and Ellie, a pair connected through the harshness of the world they live in, are forced to endure brutal circumstances and ruthless killers on a trek across post-pandemic America. 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 We're, we're in post-pandemic America almost. Technically, I think so. I, I, I yeah. like to think we are. I mean... Hey, it's it's 2023 somehow. It still feels like it should be the year 2022. <laughs> or just 2020 in general, I should actually say. It literally feels like we went into the new year for 2020 and then we just came out on 2023 on the other side. That's what it feels like, at least for me. <laughs> but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into our initial reaction. So, we'll pass it over to Mike first, and then we'll go to Devin for their initial reactions, then I'll give mine. So, Mike, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Collider <laughs> slash Chatter After host, what did you think of this first episode? What are your initial thoughts? Also, uh, Beyond the Clickers host, a Last of Us podcast. I think this audience would definitely be into that show. <laughs> I know there's a lot of slashes, but um, yeah, episode one, this is everything I would want it to be, right? I love how the beginning of this episode expands on what we already know from the video game, right? They could have just done a one-to-one -one and it still would have been effective, but I'm glad that uh, Druckmann and Mazin were able to get 
into the heart of this story and reimagine it for television. And that's the thing I appreciate most is because The Last of Us is arguably the most cinematic franchise in all of video games. So if you just did a one-to-one adaptation of that, you'd probably be okay. But they, they still took the liberty of saying, we're going to add a flashback at the beginning of this episode, and then we're going to develop some characters and some ideas and themes that we don't put you through in the game because it affects the overall structure of this specific episode. And I think it's really effective. Um, For me, it's kind of weird because I feel like all of the emotional beats hit and have the same resonance that you would want them to. But as somebody who does know what's going to happen as the episode goes along, when we get there, I didn't have the same emotional impact as I did when playing it. And that's necessarily a drawback of the episode that's just probably me you know for once being the manga reader if this was an anime right and i know everything that's gonna happen (laughs) um but yeah i think bella ramsey is a fantastic ellie we didn't get a ton of her in this episode but i thought she she was great pedro pascal i'm just glad we got him outside of that mandalorian outfit because the emotion on his face honestly is the best parts of the episode which is so funny in contrast to what he has to do on The Mandalorian, where it's a very physical performance, right? Where he's got to emote with his body. Whereas in this one, there's a lot of a lot of great acting just in the face because of so much emotional trauma that he has to go through here. Um, but yeah, I think it was well-structured, well-paced. As far as spoiler-free thoughts, I love this episode. All right, Mr. Devin, what did you think of episode one of The Last of Us? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Um, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that um, the emotional parts didn't hit as hard for you as the game because it was kind of the opposite for me. Um, I don't know what it is, but as far as as games go, I don't usually get too emotional about them because I find it easy to kind of separate myself from because you're, you're seeing video game characters instead of like real life people on the screen. So that's kind of just how I separate it and it doesn't really hit for me as hard. But in this episode, it, it hit me hard. Like I was tearing up in uh, that specific scene and then seeing Pedro Pascal post stuff afterwards it's just like oh it it just it just hurts so much and that's what I love about the show so far is that they like you said they're expanding on the game they're not just one-to-one copy pasting which they very well could have and would have been the easier route to go but they're they're expanding on the lore and the characters and everything and they're giving you more information that you that you uh, need to um, kind of understand this world and what kind of world they're living in and how extreme it is. I just love the intro between the scientists and the interviewer, just going over what exactly this virus is. It's important to explain that it's not really zombies technically. It's more so just like ecological, like fungus type of virus instead of your normal zombie outbreak in, in other series and movies. So it's good to get that out of the way in the beginning. And then from there, I just love how you spend more time with um, with uh, Sarah specifically. Um, we're not going to get into spoilers yet, but I just love setting that up. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but for me, I think the first episode so far is better than the game, at least from what I've seen so far. Hold on there, Devin. <laughs> is it a hot take? I don't know. I've, I've seen anyone else mention it, but for me, that's how I'm feeling right now. It could be recency bias, but... It's very hard for me to to even equate the two. I mean, you might be right. The thing is, for me, like I said earlier, all of those emotional beats I have already experienced eight years ago, you know, and again, recently replaying part one. And so it also might come down to me not having that same disconnect as you, right, between the game and real life. So it's very well done. I wouldn't say it's a hot take. It's just you prefer this type of storytelling and I prefer the video games form of storytelling, but they're both equally masterfully done in my opinion. So I'm going to touch back on Devin's point here in a second, but for my initial reactions, it pretty much echoes both of yours. Uh, when, when it comes to what Mike had said about, you know, and I was talking about this with him a few days ago, cause I was so nervous about the series because when it comes to live action, video game adaptations nine times out of ten they usually flop whether it is 
um, a movie or a series. Of course, you know, we have had multiple uh, fantastic adaptations thus far with Cyberpunk 2077, the Edge Runner series, and then Arcane, which Devin still needs to watch, and <laughs> um, Castlevania as well. Uh, as far as live action goes, I was so nervous and then i was talking to mike about it and he's like hey you know you have to separate in your brain that like you know you have to you have to critique it and like watch it for what it is like it's not the video game with video games especially when it comes to the story driven video games what what the advantage of video games has over film and tv is that you have the empathy of control through these characters. That's why when certain things happen within the first few minutes of the video game and within the, well, just, just within the video game itself, you know, as you're playing as Joel, as you're playing as Ellie, even throughout the journey, you're going through that journey as those characters instead of passively just watching, you know, these events unfold out on screen. But what makes a video game so amazing is that you kind of get a sense of both because you are playing as these characters and you're watching these cutscenes unfold, which, of course, you know, there is no other way that the story goes. That's just how it is. But for the show, I thought they did a very good job of adapting these characters. Like Devin said, you know, we, we get a few more um, holes that are kind of filled in with the smaller character moment moments, we do spend more time with Sarah. The uh, the interview at the very beginning of the entire episode was it, it's very you know it's about the exposition, kind of introducing people to the Last of Us world who don't own a PlayStation of what this is because no, they're not technically zombies, but it's like a fungal infection because the hosts are still technically alive so we can't say that they're undead but they are quote-unquote infected but um i think the first episode was around an hour and 20 minutes and of course you know we know everything that happens but they do take a different approach um like you guys said if it was just beat for beat it would have been fine um but i do enjoy how they expand on a few things and there's a few name jobs that we actually get in the series that don't happen in the video game. But as far as what Devin said about, I guess the emotional beats, at least of the first episode hitting harder than the video game. I don't know. I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but I think just in my mind, when I think of the last of us, I think, you know, of the video game, I think of Troy Baker, I think of Ashley Johnson, you know, playing these characters, but I do think Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey have been doing, um, you know, they've been, you know, doing all the press and whatnot. They seem very excited. Pedro Pascal is fantastic. I'd never thought of him as Joel. I was kind of leaning towards like Nikolai Costa-Walder, um, AKA J uh, Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones uh, way before the series, like uh, announced the casting, but I was like, Oh, Pedro Pascal. That's something I didn't know that I needed, but it is nice to see him out of the Mandalorian suit for sure. Cause it's been a while since Game of Thrones um, or Wonder Woman 84, whichever you prefer. Um, <laughs> life can be good, but it can be better. Um, but yeah, Belly, uh, not Belly, excuse me, Bella Ramsey. I think she does a great job as Ellie. You know, we haven't seen too much of her as of yet. This is the first episode, so we still have a long way to go. Um, you know, eight more episodes left. This is nine episodes total. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if what Devin, like, I don't know if what Devin said is necessarily hot take, but I think it is a, it's a, maybe it's an unpopular opinion. But I don't know. I, I feel as, you know, I've already, I've experienced this story, like X, God knows the amount of times, you know, especially when the remake or the remake came out last year, much like Mike, um, I, I played that through again. And I don't know, just in my mind, like I, I can, I think I can comfortably, you know, have, you know, video game and Joel Ellie exist in one part of my brain. And then the Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, Joel and Ellie for the TV show. But as far as live action adaptations goes, this is pretty freaking good. <laughs> like, I really love the first episode. My mom watched it, too, with my sister. I was very surprised. 
because I think Mike actually said in his review that this show it's, it's really for the people who don't own a PlayStation who don't have to go out and spend 300 or 400 or even $500 for the PlayStation five version just to experience this story. But I think PlayStation is very, I think they know what they're doing when it's like, Hey, we have a new version of this game. And we have the series coming out for the people who don't have the series. I mean, for people who don't have the PlayStation five, they can watch the series. And later on, they might end up buying the PlayStation five. <laughs> I was actually going to mention too. I think this is perfect timing for the series to come out kind of, kind of after the, the, the run that walking dead had. And it's finally over at least the mainline series that finally ended as of what was it, a couple months ago. So I think it's perfect timing to kind of, in a way, fill that void for people who are looking for obviously a zombie type of show to watch and also didn't want to invest nine to 10 seasons. Like I stopped after, I don't even know, four or five seasons of walking dead and it just kept going and going. But I think this is perfect timing for this show because it'll fill that void pretty easily. Obviously it's not the exact same type of zombies, but it's a very similar vibe. Definitely. It's, I mean, I never even started the walking dead because I just, I don't know. I just never got into the show when it first came out. I think as I mentioned before, like it was during the zombie fatigue where we had all these zombie video games and all of these zombie TV shows and movies were coming out. I was kind of just over it by then. I think the only thing video game wise outside of the last of us, I could probably handle was left for dead one and two, <laughs> but that's just me altogether. But yeah, it's, it's um this, the show it's, they're they're doing a great job with it all together. I I'm very excited to see uh just like obviously we know what happens, but I want to see the smaller moments that kind of make sense. In a way, I guess you can call this like the quote unquote director's cuts of The Last of Us since since Neil Druckmann was working alongside Craig Mazin of this. I know there was a lot of things in the original game that um, Neil Druckmann was not able to put in. So I think there are going to be scenes that we're going to be able to see play out that we didn't get in the video game altogether. But was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on in our non-spoiler section before we hit those GCGC spoilers? Before we do, I do have uh, one thing that I guess can still stay in this side of the conversation. I just love how cinematic this show is, right? It felt like a movie. Especially with the length of the first episode, very much so a movie length. Yeah, it's almost it's almost feature length uh, with the runtime. And, you know, we probably just take this for granted because it is an HBO original series. But like the scale of this show, like that final shot of the city, that is something one ripped straight from the game. So I love it. But two, it is just unbelievable in scale and scope and how beautifully shot and the cinematography and the score and everything is fantastic. The fact that they ported a lot of the tracks from the game into this episode really helped set the mood, the atmosphere. And like, if they changed the score and stuff, that would have been fine, but it just really goes to show that now this fits the tone perfectly. Why change it? And not only that, there is a lot of, you know, if you're going by, you know, what's happening in the video game, at least during the beginning, there's a lot of um, of the dialogue that is essentially the same. Like, I think Mike had tweeted on Twitter, word for word, bar for bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I think that was from the uh, the Breakfast Club, wasn't it? The, uh, the podcast that um, ended a little bit ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But copied my whole flow word for word bar for bar. <laughs> but i i do agree with you mike uh it, it is very cinematic and for the longest time it's like when i was playing the first game before part two even came out i was like man i would really love like a movie of this and apparently uh neil Druckmann was approached um some uh, years ago about making the last of us part one a movie but it was not exactly what he wanted and I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route. And yeah, it was originally a movie uh, produced by Sam Raimi starring Maisie Williams. Yeah. And speaking of Maisie Williams, her and Caitlin Deaver were both, um, they were both in talks to play as Ellie um, before uh, Bella came into the mix. And I was like, well, you know, obviously HBO actors usually they, Bella's been in a lot of 
uh, other things uh, HBO related outside of Game of Thrones, uh, including uh, His Dark Materials. And if you haven't seen Catherine Calberti, she is phenomenal in that movie. It's on Amazon Prime, so definitely go watch it if you haven't. But I'm glad they went with Bella because Maisie, I'm not saying that Maisie wouldn't work, but for some reason, like seeing Bella, you know, dressed up as Ellie and her portraying this character, I was like, yeah, it works. It definitely works. I think Caitlin Deaver was my original, like, quote unquote fan casting. But then I got to thinking like, well, she's a little too old to be playing a 14 year old girl. But I think if they ever were to do part two, I think she could play an older Ellie. So I'll just kind of leave that there. But before we move on, I just want to say, while I agree with you that she would be great as an older Ellie, Bella is already the age Ellie is in The Last of Us Part 2 anyway. Is she? She's like 19. Oh, that's yeah. right. I didn't realize so, how old she was. There's no point in recast. <laughs> that hey, honestly, more it's that's easier work for, for HBO, Warner Brothers, and Neil and Craig to do everything that they need to do. So yeah. I guess she just has like such a baby face, I think. I think that's what it is. That would be that would be a weird, weird uh, recast to do, especially since we don't think it'll be too much longer before season two. Um it's kind of like a yeah. Cassie Lang being recast, just kind of. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Sh- shoo her away and bring in the, the bigger name. <laughs> well, I guess it's different for like House of the Dragon because, you know, you have these time jumps. So it's like we kind of knew that going in. But I feel like maybe that wouldn't work because, I mean, you have Bella, who is essentially, you know, the face of the franchise when it comes to, you know, HBO, at least. And maybe switching actors might be a bit jarring for the the more casual audience out there. Um, so yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe I just retract my statement, but I still think she would make a fantastic, fantastic Ellie. But that's just a fan casting of mine for sure, for sure. But are you guys ready to get into spoilers? Because I feel like we, we we need to talk about some spoilers. <laughs> Got any tissues boxes around you ready to go? No, I didn't buy any before watching this. And I <laughs> I asked my mom, I was she's like, so I watched The Last of Us because she kept asking about it like the entire week. And I was like, yeah. She's like, so I watched it. I was like, okay. I'm like, so what'd you think? She's like, oh yeah, I thought it was great. I'm like, cool. I'm like, thanks. And then she kind of got into a few of the details. But yeah, she watched it with my sister last night. She like called me super late. I was knocked out by that time you know be, being out w- with the boys watching some some wild card games uh, it, it takes its all on you but i'm glad that she's watching it <laughs> for sure but ladies and gentlemen that is your first spoiler warning for the last of us episode one again that is your second spoiler warning for the last of us episode one so if you haven't seen it Definitely go watch it. I think just audiences in general, like I really wish I was watching this with someone who didn't know what was going on to see their reaction because, you know, obviously us knowing what's happening, it doesn't necessarily dilute the experience because, you know, this is a different form of media and things are executed and maybe somewhat different ways, but like Mike said earlier, you know, word for word, bar for bar, <laughs> all together. But yeah, let's get into spoilers. So I just want to open up the floor for you guys because I know I've been talking here for a while. <laughs> uh, we'll start with Mike. Um, where do you want to start off when it comes to spoilers? Should we just get into the the, the heart wrenching scene that is um, Sarah's death? We can. It might be a little easier to to kind of touch on some things before that too, right? Like I think Nico Parker as Sarah is phenomenal, and I really appreciate that the episode gives her a good what twenty twenty five minutes worth of. She is the main character. Yes, I I love that we get to spend time with her. Like that's that's a, such a big difference from the game where the game yeah. you just you just go like you start and you're you're playing as Sarah and you just go, but this. The, the show just gives you that time to spend with her and, and that just makes it even more so just an emotional moment. It's so great. And, you know, speaking of people who haven't played the game, it was so interesting because I was watching it live as it was airing on HBO and, and seeing the hashtag trending and everybody 
thinking that Sarah was the main character. Oh yeah, that's and a trap. so yeah, I love how it tra- it trapped them because the three of us are again we have that like oh this is interesting oh this is gonna make what happens in thirty minutes even more excruciating, but they legitimately trapped the non-gaming audience and i think that made that moment hit even harder for them for me i i love the setup i love just the the little nuances of we in the game we have joel first encounter the infected by one of his neighbors attacking right i like how this time we set up the neighborhood we set up the community that they live in so when we see it all break down and start to turn against them that makes that entire event leading up to Sarah's death. So intense. And so, yeah, we can talk about that moment with Sarah, but I just love the build up to it and that slow burn to get there. I also loved, I also loved the good, the good dog. It was not a naughty dog. He was a good dog. <laughs> <laughs> he was I'm stealing that. What was that? Do- <laughs> what was the dog's name again? I'm, I'm blanking on his name. He was a good dog. Mercy. Mercy. Cause there is a dog in the, in the beginning of the first game, because in the beginning of the game, you know, it just that that dog does not have a very good ending in the in the game. No, no, no. I, I don't even think you see. I think you just hear the dog, but you don't. See yeah, you it. hear the whimpering. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, actually, to touch on what Mike had said when it came to the, just the setup and the payoff, um, I I do think you know the very beginning of the series explaining what the cordyceps are, you know, explaining what the fungi is and how that is more dangerous than a virus when it comes to the human race, because there is no cure and plainly put we lose. And, you know, that becomes the dominant force, but also um, just the intro, even before, you know, we actually get in to the beginning of the episode, the intro was very well done. Of course, using the last of us theme from the video game which i you know ripped straight from it i appreciate that so much because they didn't try to do anything new or different with it it is what it is you know the same fonts for the last of us it's all there this isn't like some you know otherworldly the last of us you know series um all together they, they i guess you can say it, it's it's not it's they, they didn't butcher it all together, <laughs> which is really, really great. Mm. But what Mike said about, you know, the setup for um, Sarah played by uh, Nico Park, I think it was great because, you know, the, the entire pandemic happens on Joel's birthday um, in the game. You know, it just cuts to it's just that night where everything happens. But we do get the the proper buildup. We see Sarah going to fix uh, her father's watch uh, for his birthday. You know, her caring about spending the day with Joel on his birthday, saying, "Hey, you know, I knew I know you have work, but you know, let's get you a cake. You know, it's your birthday. I want to do something nice for you." And it really it, it builds up, and th- there are those small little moments that do add to the story, which I really appreciate. Which is why I think I'm happy with how the story is going all together. But um, Devin, did you have uh, any spoilers you wanted to talk about when it came? To, I mean, there's I mean, there's tests like there's oh, my gosh, there's so much here that they've kind of danced around, you know, like some things I feel like happen a little bit quicker in the show than it does in the game, uh, especially when it comes to um, I think it was Robert's death. Obviously, we don't get the whole hunting down scene like we do in the video game, but I'll pass it over to Devin um, so he can give some of his uh, spoiler thoughts. Yeah, the things I keep thinking about are kind of like the new additions to to the show that we've got that weren't in the game because they did such a good job of world building. Like from the very beginning, like we mentioned the interview with the scientists to kind of set things up. And then even after that, um, that intro with that little boy that was kind of wandering around and then he gets found and that kind of sets up how, how dark and horrible this world is because he just you see that you see the the test turn red and then you can even tell the the fedra doctor or whatever she even has a moment where she's like oh god i have to i have to kill this kid and then and then they do it and the body shows up later for joel to end up incinerating and that's just insane to think about and he didn't even flinch doing it um things like that they they showed that that kind of chart in the doctor's office where it showed the time frames for when um people become infected um depending on where they get bit I thought that was very well done, very very quick exposition to give you, just kind of 
um, explain how the world works a little better and you set up the rules for how things work. Um, and then towards the end with the, the, um, the radio kind of decoding that, that happens and that that's, it's funny that, that, that they add that in cause it feels like a very video game thing to do to decode like a, a radio and based on songs for different messages. Like that's the thing you would do in a video game. And I think that was very cool that they added that here and, and it, um, what was the line that Ellie said? It was like code. Oh, which, what did she say? The code X. He's talking about the, the wake me up before you go go. When she tricks uh, Joel. Yeah, when she when she figures it out, she said code um, solved or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I will say I that was very cool. Yeah. So, did you guys catch the the whole meaning behind that? Right, because we have the. That we have Ellie deduce what what the code means, what what decade means what, and she deduces that eighties means trouble, and yeah. so we end the episode with an eighties song playing, which is like yeah, that's why that's why I love it ending so much. It just it sets up the rest of the series so well. Yeah, but it's like we know that's Bill, and so does that mean it's trouble with Bill, or is that just the the showrunners being cheeky and saying the next episode is going to be trouble. You know, those are the elements that I really love. And you're totally right, Devin. I love them adding the world, the world building, like seeing Joel having to, to toss that kid's body into the fire, jump cutting, right? Where we initially, we last saw Joel holding and in tears over Sarah's body. We see how cold he is now, how numb he is, where, Holding another dead child means nothing to him. And that's why when we get to the end of this episode and he flashes back to that same or a similar encounter he had with with Sarah and it now it's Ellie and you just see the rage in his eyes and the emotions start to overflow. Mm. You know what? I, I can totally see why Devin would say this is better compared to what we got in the game because they're able to do the flashbacks and everything and tie it all together in a way that those those dead so those dead dark eyes he has yes it's crazy because well first when when we see the child in the red shirt i was like okay number one there's no way this is ellie i was like okay this is 20 years later ellie should already be born i was like what what are they doing here and at first when they were giving the and i guess i kind of forgot about it when they were testing the child to see if um, she was infected or not. For a second, I was like, oh, like, red means not infected. It was like, oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> I, it just flew over my head. I was like, I don't know why I was thinking that. I was like, hey, you know, it's an adaptation. It could be different. I really don't know. But yeah, as soon as you see the officer's like face and they they give the child a, a I guess you could say a quick, like, calming death almost because they kind of, you know, like, Kind of just stick stick the needle in, and yeah, then, just euthanize. Yeah, euthanize. Keyword youth. Yeah, and then it's uh, that, that was pretty heartbreaking. But to touch on what Mike was saying towards the very end of the episode, where you have Tess, who is fantastic in this series, I was like, wow, we finally get more with Tess. I, I love that actress. I was trying to figure out what I've seen her in, and then I finally figured out it was Mind Mine Hunters is what I saw yeah. her in. Anna Torv, she's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we get a little bit more of you know what Joel and Tess's relationship is. I mean, we kind of feel like they are somewhat together in the games, but again, it doesn't really explain. A little more ambiguous in the games, but for this one, it just jumps right into more romantic than anything. Yeah, which is which is really nice, but also what Mike was talking about when, you know, when we find out that, you know, Ellie is infected, she's hiding this big secret from, you know, that only Marlene knows, which, of course, Marlene is playing herself. <laughs> the actor is playing, it's the same actor from the video game. But when Joel goes to protect Ellie during that flashback scene, it you know he doesn't necessarily have like a form of attachment yet, but he has been tasked to bring this you know this child to Capitol Building. It's like hey you know the firefighters are gonna take her over from there. Cool you know no harm done. But you know she's cargo. It's his job to get her from point A to point B. And then when Joel like leaps for that guard who we saw early in the episode, another nice little addition where, you know, you, you have that nice little world building to set up and to pay off. If you look at like Bella's eyes, like she was like into it. She's like, 
holy crap, like nobody's ever protected me this way before. Like this guy I just met just lunges. Yeah, there was also that moment when um, she's talking, they're talking to Marlene and, and she goes, you don't know what they're capable of. And she's like, what are they capable of? Yeah. <laughs> but like Bella's eyes, she was like, she was so into that scene. She's like, oh my God, yes. Like, whoa, like what is happening? Like someone is protecting me and they barely know me. And we see how crappy and how unhumanistic these other characters can be in this world. Like everyone's just out for themselves. You know, you have the Fedra, which kind of takes, it's like the, rem, uh, the last remnants of the government altogether. Then you have the fireflies, the rebellion. And it's like, everyone's really just out for themselves. But when you see someone performing selfless acts in this world, it's like the biggest deal to them. So I thought that was pretty powerful. And it, it mirrors the, the, the first scene uh, when they're encountering the neighbor, right? Mm. Um, Joel kills that that elderly woman who was infected. That's the first encounter that they had. Yeah, he kills her to protect Sarah, and Sarah is devastated. She is crushed and heartbroken. So I think it's very fascinating how that scene also sets up how Ellie might enable the the darker more aggressive tendencies inside of Joel <laughs> compared to Sarah. So it's like these two are a very different pairing than than what we saw at the beginning of the episode. We'll see how that works for them going forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the game he's a little he's a little more ruthless in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of just in the game, you know, when after Sarah's death, it it just cut, you know, it's it's the same 20 years later, but it just cuts straight to, you know, Tess coming back from Roberts and, you know, him waking up but yeah, speaking of, of 20 years later, this is how you do time jumps, HBO. Th- this worked. <laughs> I was not confused in any in any capacity. There were no children with long wigs confusing me. But this is how you do it. Pedro Pascal looking good with the gray silver hair. Yeah. Gotta love it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Devin said, I need title cards. I need exposition of what's going on. Title, I, I always love a dramatic title card where it's like many years later like in avengers endgame when they did it and in, uh, in yeah. this when they did it it just adds to it yeah it, it, it was a nice touch for sure it's it's a crazy ride but it i've i really just enjoyed everything that we've you know experienced so far um as far as you know will this ever replace the experience of me playing the games probably not but i do think it is a nice companion piece to the video games for those who don't own a PlayStation and whatnot. But I wanted to open the floor back up if you guys had any other last thoughts before we get into our final thoughts and our ratings. I just have one question for you guys. And that comes to, we've been talking about Tess, right? And her interaction with, with Robert. That's a mission in the video game where you are tasked to go down there, kill his goons and try and get that battery back. Do you miss that action sequence? Like, I know we can't have one-to-one video game fight scenes, but the fact that there was not a lot of action or suspense in that, in that sort of form, did that affect the episode at all? There, w- there was an explosion, which was which was <laughs> nice. Gotta love a good explosion. Yeah. yeah. Very conveniently timed explosion. Yeah. <laughs> um, to answer your question, Mike, I'm, I guess... Because I was watching Mike's review of it, because he is he, he is the, the soothsayer here. Obviously, we all we all know what happens, but he has seen all nine episodes. But you know, he is he, he's being a very uh, respectful host and not uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, just bl- blurring out stuff, which you know I don't think anyone here on the show would. But um, you, I remember you mentioning that you know this it, there there isn't as many action scenes. And I remember Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann kind of stating the same, saying that, you know, it's it's about, you know, the characters first and foremost, which we kind of already knew that. But it seems like right. this from what Mike's review from his spoiler free review, it seems that it is less action heavy. Um, I don't know if it necessarily takes away. I guess I need more time with the show to figure out that question. Because, you know, like you said, when the whole thing with Robert, like 
that is the mission. Like we were chasing this man down in the video game. Like we were hunting him down, trying to get these guns. But I actually like how they, instead of the guns, it's for, it's a battery in the show trying to find Tommy. So there are things that they're able to kind of look back saying, hey, The Last of Us, you know, video game is fantastic. What can we do different for TV? But I think I need a little bit more time with the show to figure mm. out if I miss the action sequences or not. Obviously, um, another big thing I guess is missing um, is spores, but it makes sense because, you know, if you're trying to recreate this world for TV, you have to make it as realistic as possible. And, you know, if there were spores, they would literally be everywhere. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess that is a smart idea, but they've kind of used a, um, a scapegoat for that where it's kind of like an interconnected hive mind for the fungi, which makes sense. So it's not like they're just taking it out where we're getting something in return that works well for TV. That's another thing, actually. So we got our, you guys got the first look at the, the tendrils, yeah. right? For, from the old lady. Oh, all right. That was, that, was really, that? that was really good. <laughs> that was like, good. That was just, yeah. Whatever, whatever it just looked like. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like potatoes when they go bad. It kind of looked like that when there's yeah. kind of just like weird little, it's hard to explain, but it just looks creepy and it did such a good job. Also, I wanted to mention whenever any zombie like creature runs infinitely more scary, <laughs> yes. they did a good job of showing that here. Cause when, when Joel was getting chased by that, by that guy, that was, that was pretty intense. Cause when they run, that's when you're, that's when you're, uh, that's when your pants get soiled. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that because during our train to Busan review, uh, Brandon and Jayla had a whole discussion about fast zombies versus slow zombies. And it's like, yeah, fast zombies are infinitely more terrifying. Yeah. They're like, like they just become track stars out of nowhere. And you're like, I have to outrun Usain Bolt. This isn't, this, this isn't fun. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but yeah, that, that is another thing. Also, uh, before we close out here, before we get to our final thoughts and ratings, um, does anyone know why in, I mean, this isn't, this is like such a small nitpick. It's actually more, it's just a question of why they changed the, the year of when outbreak day now, which is known as last of us day, like why they changed the years of when the outbreak happened. I'm not sure why they did that, but I wasn't sure of anyone. What, what, what was the year in the game? It was it 2003 in the show? Yeah, 2003 in the show. And then 2020, yeah, 2023 is when the events of the actual, you know, um, after Sarah's death and whatnot. But yeah, they changed it from, I believe it was 2012? Was in the game. It was like the year the game came out, like 2013. Yeah, 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 2013. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I'm not sure why they changed it. I wasn't sure if anyone. I would guess they wanted to have a more current day feel for for us in 2023, having lived through a pandemic. There's a lot of similarities you can get through get to there. That and also um, technology. This is something that I've mentioned on our Stranger Things conversations before. Is that there's a, there's a reason a lot of shows are now being set in the 80s and the 90s because if everyone has access to cell phones and yep. tablets and all that stuff, it it kind of takes some of the suspense out of it. Like Especially in like the horror genre of, why don't you just call someone? Why don't you just call for help? Why don't you just <laughs> FaceTime the, the event so people see what's happening? You know? Yeah, Joel, so, yeah, Joel, pick up your pick up your Motorola and give it give someone a call. <laughs> pick up radio. your Blackberry and give someone a call. <laughs> so so in 2003, having technology stop, right? The iPhone is never created because of this pandemic that has happened and ravaged the world. I think that's why, personally. Maybe. Yeah, I, I guess it was just something I noticed altogether. Um, mm-hmm. But like I said, it's not really like a gripe. I was just like, why did they change the uh, the year? And if, I guess that, yeah, that, that pretty much answers my question there. So let's get into our final thoughts and ratings here. I'll pass it back over to Mike so we can give his final thoughts and ratings. Then we'll go over to Devin and then I'll give mine. And then we'll skedaddle on out of here. Final thoughts. Oh, Joel had... The worst birthday ever, and that's saying something because my birthday is January 6th, so I can speak from bad birthday experiences. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great episode, a, a terrific adaptation of what the first 
chapter of The Last of Us is. Um, there's no there's no negatives really for me in this episode. It was very interesting how they did tweak how Joel and Tess meet Marlene and Ellie. Um, it's very abrupt. It's very sudden. Yeah, and I can't say it's you know worse than the game. It's just different. And right. That's the thing where you get into an adaptation. When you follow it as closely as this show does, it just makes the changes stand out more. Mm. And that makes a very fascinating watch, to say the least. Especially yeah, as... Yeah, because in the game, isn't it that you that Joel kills all those people and then in the show they're, yeah. they're killed for him? It kind of seems yes. like they're setting him up to be more, more of a likable character than in the game, so far at least. That's why I posed the question of, of if how'd you guys feel about them taking that sequence out? Because that does change how we how we view Joel because he is going out and just massacring all these people to get the thing that he and Tess need. I think the guns essentially in the game. Right. So I think I might have a half answer. I think in for the game, obviously, you know, we see everything play out. We see everyone in the world of The Last of Us is a great character, much like in Game of uh, you know Westeros for Game of Thrones, where there is no necessarily good or bad people, and if there are, you know, the inherently good person, they get off super quick. R.I.P. Ned Stark. But <laughs> I mean, heck, even with Jon Snow, everything that happens with him, but. Um, I'm not going to, in case Devin wants to ever watch Game of Thrones, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel like what Devin was saying, you know, to set up Joel to be more of a likable character in the show, a lot of the ruthless things that he will go through might just be mentioned or like alluded to outside of him protecting Ellie. But, you know, we're only one episode in, so we're not entirely sure. But I do agree with what you said, Mike, when we, you know, when Ellie like just pops out of that room I was, for a second, I was startled. I was like, Oh, where's okay. There she is. <laughs> so I was like, Oh my gosh. She like really, it's, it's like, she just, I don't know, like started from the back of that room and just ran straight through. They're like, okay, go, go, go. And I, I was like, Jesus, I'm like, <laughs> it, you know, it startles <laughs> me for a second, but um, it's, I, I don't know when, when it comes to that action, that scene, it did kind of just happen where Marlene's like, Oh, you know, we, you know, things went sideways. Uh, Rob tried to sell, uh, resell the same battery again. And then, you know, they kind of mention about Tommy and it's like, Oh, here's Ellie. You're going to take her. And it's like, Whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, it, it was pretty abrupt of when that happened because I feel like in the video game, it was a little bit more, flushed out like they took their time like oh you know this is what's going on yada 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 and then we eventually you know built up to that happening because it seems as if ellie and marlene in the game have more of an understanding already you know they, they are already familiar with each other more so than they are in the show because now that we're in spoilers yeah. really quick and i'll get to um the uh, I'll, I'll let uh, Mike finish up and then Devin. Um, they mention um, Ellie's friends, Riley, like very in, in the first very first episode. That does not happen in the game. So, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, we we put you in the federal university. That was the safest place that Ellie could be. And they kind of allude to Marlene knowing Ellie's mother, but they don't necessarily touch on it in the show, but they do in the game. So I don't know. I, I guess I, I need to watch more for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, sorry, Mike, continue. I'm so <laughs> You're good. You're good. You know, but that's why I posed the question because that does reframe that entire interaction. And like I was saying, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it's a worse version of it. It's just different. And I think that just highlights again, we've been saying this entire episode of they were, they respected the source material, but they were also aware enough to say, hey, we can have some fun with this. We can change some things around. And I do love the interaction between Ellie and Marlene of, are you my mom or something? Do I look like your mom? <laughs> no, no, you do not. It's like, that's, we got to get Ellie's sense of humor in here sometimes. Yeah. And it, it's great. Love this episode. <laughs> Basic biology, kid. <laughs> Let's think about this. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. We saw, we saw Joel's daughter. That biology doesn't exactly match up, so who knows? 
I get, well, yeah, because we never, well, I guess it depends on what race. Well, yeah. I don't know. Because we never. Don't think about it. Just laugh. <laughs> the joke works. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can't go down that rabbit hole today. <laughs> but uh, really quick. Come Ooh, on. Sarah's mom. So many thumbnails with arrows pointing. Is, everywhere. It, is it Marlene? You know, there's going to be some videos out there. There's going to be like. <laughs> I mean, they already knew each other. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> Marlene is <laughs> Sarah's mom. Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. Uh, really quick, Mike, what would you give a rating for the first? Ep- Actually, no, because we decided that we're not going to give ratings until the very end of the episode, or not the episode of the series, because the whole She Hulk thing happened, and yeah. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, two episodes in, this is terrible. And it's like, well, let's wait until the end. So even though we know what happens, I guess on a adaptation level. Do we? Oh, <laughs> does he know? <laughs> so I, so instead of just grading the episode itself, I guess like on an adaptation level, you, you would say that this is pretty faithful, faithful or, or unfaithful. If we're going, yeah, adaptation level, very faithful. It does everything that I would want an adaptation to do. It takes what we know and expands upon it and repurposes it for a new audience so that they can experience this story. Because, again, this this is a 10-year-old game now. And there are still people who haven't played it because they don't own a PlayStation or they can't get it on Steam. And so the fact that this exists and they're able to experience it in such a high quality, basically the same way we did, perfect. Okay. All right, Devin, really quick, what are your final thoughts and what is your adaptation rating? Yeah, so far so good. I think they nailed the pilot here. Uh came in with high expectations and they and they met them so far. And I just love how they're adding to the world instead of just copy and pasting it. Yeah. So for let's on a scale from super faithful to unfaithful to sort of faithful, what would you give it? Just for the first episode. So far, it's, it's super faithful, except for the, the one kind of change where they um, had uh, the ending um, where uh, Joel doesn't kill those people that they're they're already dead. It's kind of the main change, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, obviously. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, for me, for final thoughts, I pretty much echo what both of these gentlemen are saying. I, I, I think my worries are have simmered. You know, we still have a long way to go, but it seems that they are, you know, copying it, um, but also expanding at the same time. And I think this is the best live action adaptation we've had thus far. Again, we still have a long way to go to see how other events play out, but I'm sure we'll still be crying all the same. Uh, We ultimately know how everything ends anyway, but it's just, you know, the path is going to be a little bit different, which I appreciate i appreciate that it's not just a a bar for bar word for word types well word for word is fine but like you know if, if it's if it's just you know the same events happening on screen then that would make for a pretty i'd say a safe not a boring adaptation but a very safe choice if they wanted to go that route but craig mazin you know he's he's been canoodling with uh, neil Druckmann. if you haven't seen chernobyl there's a lot of, you know, he, there's a reason why Chernobyl won 11 Emmys <laughs> underneath uh, Craig Mazin himself. So he really knows how to uh, make uh, a show. But all I have to say is this Emmy season is going to be crazy. You're going to Better Crawl Saul, The Last of Us, HBO's other Goliath, um, House of the Dragon, and Stranger Things going up. I'm assuming they will all be in for like the best drama um nominations but we'll just have to wait and see because there's other tv shows that will be out but you know it'll be like hbo versus hbo for the for the most part maybe some amc in there but yeah overall i think that it's a it's a, a very faithful adaptation so far and i can't wait to see how they adapt the rest of the story so um that concludes our episode one review of the last of us again the first episode is titled when you're lost in the darkness and really quick i wanted to pass it back over to mike so he can let everyone know where they can find him on the internet and what is coming up in his life (laughs) <laughs> well, again, thank you guys so much for, for 
for having me. It's okay. You know, what's going on in life? Uh, we have The Last of Us podcast on the Chatter After channel. It's essentially a podcast within a podcast when you think about it, um, called Beyond the Clickers. Every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern Time, we are live streaming, talking The Last of Us. So we are going to be breaking down episode one. So it's live. Come in the comments. Come join us on YouTube uh, at the Chatter After. And you can follow me at Novacinephile on all platforms, TikTok and YouTube and Twitter, especially. Uh, the YouTube side for my personal channel, got an Avatar video, Avatar The Last Airbender. I have to make that distinction now. <laughs> Thanks, James Cameron. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a video breaking down the, the Netflix show that's coming out this year. So that should be fun. But yeah, Beyond the Clickers, the Chatter After. Christian actually joined us for our review of Vox Machina Season 2. That embargo is lifted. You can check out that video or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right. Again, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. We would love to continue this journey with you whenever you have the time. We're all busy. We, you know, it, it can get kind of crazy around this time of year. But, I mean, it's, it's so early as well. Like, And it's only January. There's so much coming no and i'm like i'm looking at the schedule i'm like how are we gonna how are we gonna do this but you know what we've we've done it before we we can do it again (laughs) but it is gonna be a crazy year for tv movies and and video games are gonna be super hot this year i feel like within 2022 it was like so so but like this year it's starting with a bang on like on all fronts when it comes to movies tv shows and video games all together and that is a wrap on today's episode again go watch this series it is fantastic if you don't own a playstation this is the perfect solution for you unless you want to go on to youtube and watch all the uh amazing you know uh uh cinematic cutscenes from the the remake of the part one that came out um later last year but that is a wrap on today's episode and if you like what you heard on today's episode Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X to stay in the know. And as always, make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And really quick, let's take a quick peek at what's coming up on the show within the coming weeks. Um, what is out right now, you can listen to our Megan review that me and Devin covered all together. And that was a fantastic time. Amazing movie if you haven't seen it, seen it already. You can also check out our Puss and Boots, The Last Wish review that is out on the podcast and on all major podcast platforms on the internet. And really quick, of course, what's coming up next, we, we're going to be covering The Last of Us HBO series weekly for you guys. We have a Velma review that me and Devin are going to be covering. And we also have that 90s show spoiler-free review that I covered with Amanda, a.k.a. AMX NDA Reviews. And again, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram again to stay in the know. I'm Christian, that was Devin and Mike signing off, and we'll see you guys in the next one.